Well, here's the thing is it's like twice in this episode, FP was just like, hey, um, I was thinking maybe I could have an interesting storyline. And Jughead was like, nah, <laughs> both times. <laughs> like, please? Where is the lie? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My post-apocalyptic weapon of choice would be just, like, outsmarting whatever I was trying to defeat. Girl, how are you going to outsmart a zombie? Girl, um, put him in, find a, make a trap. But you can't put all the zombies in the world in the trap. I know I will outsmart each zombie. Oh, that's going to take some or time. Or I'll die. Which one do you want? I mean, I definitely would prefer you alive. Okay, well, take my answer and walk away. All right, okay. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass milfs and long naps, and I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And my post-apocalyptic weapon of choice would be a flamethrower, which is, like, not practical, but would be badass. <laughs> what an interesting uh, difference between our two answers. <laughs> You're like, peace, and I'm like, flames. Listen, would Cheryl not choose a flamethrower as well? She loves fire. Probably. Probably. And she do it in heels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's called fashion. Look it up. Today we have words to say about episode 209 of Riverdale, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh boy. Okay, so uh, let's start with some thoughts from listeners. So, uh, Sam, you might know her. Are you familiar? Like Sam, like the the girl that I'm dating at Sam uh, yeah, Casey's on Twitter. Do you know her? Yeah, I know of her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she was tweeting along with our last episode, which was lovely and fun, and I love when people do that. And um, she was talking about how the Reaper flashbacks reminded her of the opening scene of The Conjuring Two. Can't relate. But, um, sure. She's 100% right. Okay. <laughs> the Conjuring 2... Okay, the Conjuring movies are actually really good. She made me watch them. I'm terrified of everything. But those movies are great because at the heart of it is a married couple who just wants to solve mysteries. That's cute. Goals. Doesn't that sound kind of cute? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, she also said, all of us low-key theorizing that Juggie is the snake parent's secret kid. That would explain why his mom, Gladys, doesn't want him around. But also, that would rehash the Cooper child accidentally dates a relative plot from season one. So more bets still on Chick, TBH. Chick, if that's how you pronounce it. I'm sure. Well, I mean, how? what else would it be, Robin? I mean, it's spelled like Sheik, but I think that's a terrible name. Okay, but now that you know someone out there is named Sheik. Probably. I'm going to name my kid Sheik. I don't like you. Sam, um, okay. if we have a child, we're naming it Sheik. Thanks. <laughs> uh, she also said, my headcanon that she finds out that she's pregnant after he leaves for the army doesn't actually work, though, because in my rewatch, she does say they were arg- arguing about the baby at homecoming because Hal wanted her to have an abortion. Freak you, Hal. Oh, yeah. So the timeline doesn't match. I had to go pause the trailer where y'all said, because I completely missed the dead Coopers in the background, yikes, but I did see someone saying this is why Hal can't be the Black Hood, and I disagree because it's a dream. And also, Betty wouldn't suspect her dad. She's so smart. She knew. She knew. She's a really intelligent human. She, I know she is. And uh, also, I was texting with... I mean, I text with Kelly every time that we... And she said a couple funny things that Adorable. I'm going to bring up. Kelly is closer to fine on Twitter. What are some interesting things that Meta said this week? 
We keep assuming FP went to Southside High and that it's strange that Alice went to Riverdale High, even though she grew up on the South Side. But FP went to Riverdale High as well. He knew Hal. He was best friends with Fred. He knows about Homecoming because he was at Homecoming, which means their whole school zone thing is a little messy and confusing. Which now after, like, I kind of guess that maybe Southside High didn't exist back back then because it was a smaller town, which kind of works with the uh, trailer that we saw for the next episode. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so you'll see. Also, I think the picture Mr. Svensson is holding looks like the people who killed the murder of his family. So she's just really smart. Um, He's holding the identity of the people who took matters into their own hands back then. Maybe they are the Black Hood or started the organization. (gasps) See? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm super right about this whole the Black Hood is an organization thing. Mm -hmm. And she has another theory why did Jughead have to like, change schools? When did the division between the South Side and the North Side start? Was it Alice's fault? <gasps> Imagine Alice being the epicenter of that rivalry. After FP left her, was it her anger that she spoke up about it and everyone in town followed? I mean, but does Alice really have that much power? Mm-hmm. True. Well, maybe. I mean, she's pretty persuasive. Means she could change things back, and it makes her more awesome and badass. But it would be strange because people would have to know she was a serpent. So how did she change back into being a leader and a high standing in the North Side? Basically, she is way more awesome and complex than anyone in season one could have predicted. Yep. I also find it interesting that no one remembers her past and that she had such a status in the North Side. Like, if I was a serpent and someone was writing crap about my peeps and saying biased stuff about the South Side, I would have ratted her out long ago, as I assume all serpents know when one of their own is arrested. I think FP made all the serpents keep quiet so Alice wouldn't be judged. That's very romantic. (laughs) But also that makes sense, because, like, why would they all just leave her alone the entire time? Yeah. I love Bughead, although I agree something is strange between them these last few episodes. They are not the two characters who climbed through bedroom windows, quoting Romeo and Juliet. But I will also sacrifice them to have snake parents be a thing. They are so intriguing. Oh my god, see? Yeah. I just feel like it just has to happen. Yep. But, yeah. Sam and Meta snaps. Woo! So, the title, which was Silent Night, Deadly Night, 1984 American slasher film. It was about a guy who had PTSD after his parents christmas murder and either he became a killer santa or someone became a killer santa but um i didn't read that far into the wikipedia page so i don't know did you get freaked out when you saw that and just stopped reading um yes yeah that's what i thought (laughs) that's correct yes who knows you the best me um all right let's get started okay cheryl cheryl's number one cheryl's first that's who we're talking about oh cheryl So uh, the first scene we have with them is that she can't find Jason's stocking and neither can her mom and there's nothing to put in them. Nana Rose is alive. Um, who saw that coming? I mean, I, like, were they ever going to bring up the fact that there was a fire? Like, where was Nana Rose? Yeah, like, Nana Rose was in the house. Why is she not dead or burned? I don't know. Um, But either way, she's like, we're poor. We have no money. And you're like, but where did it go? You have a giant house. Where did it go, though? Yeah, it's not like they were living drug deal to drug deal. Like, wouldn't they have also gotten, like, life insurance for both of the other dudes that died? Um, Like, where's their money? Well, no, they wouldn't have got it from Dad Blossom because he, quote-unquote, committed suicide. You don't get life insurance if someone commits suicide? No, you don't. Mm. Um, Which is super messed up, just by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then Jason probably wouldn't have laser insurance because, you know, he was a kid. Right. Um, the next thing that we have about them is that Cheryl has gone to buy a tree and the person who will help her is not Archie, but Vic. Who's Vic? I don't know who Vic is, but, uh, apparently he's, um, with Cheryl's mom now. Oh, that's who that was. I think so. Um, it would have been a lot more fun if it was somebody we knew. Who would you rather episode. have been? I don't know. Um, I want it to be Hal. Oh my god, that would be horrible! Why? Because! I don't want oh. Alice to get cheated on. Yeah, but that it frees her up. <laughs> yeah, but why can't they just end their marriage peacefully? I guess. Well, maybe eventually then Hal can get with Penelope because they're both kind of garbagey. And then we can, that just ties that up in a, like, nice little bow. And they're not related because Penelope married into the Blossoms. Oh, right. So, just saying. Okay. Uh, next, Cheryl is decorating the tree, and it turns out her middle name is Marjorie. So, that's cool. Can I just say from the bottom of my heart that that was definitely not the biggest tree on the lot? Nope. <laughs> well, I she didn't say biggest. I think she said finest. Well, I agree on neither point. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Although I've never had a, a real tree, so I don't know what the specifications are. Oh, yeah. I've never had a real tree either. Maybe they don't make it. No, they definitely come that big. Okay. I don't know. Something for us to think about, but probably never Google. And this is Cheryl just uh, asserting her power over her mother again, being like, oh, we can't afford this? Well, find Guess a job. I don't know. Good luck. Yes, you better solve that problem. Mm, not my problem. Bye. The thing is, like, I'm kind of getting whiplash from Penelope's characterization. Yeah? Well, the last time we saw Penelope, she was having, like, a nice moment with Cheryl where they were bonding right. and moving forward about, you know jason's most especially jason's death mm -hmm. and then she's back to being a stone cold bitch yes what's that about don't know it's like when alice goes from south side alice to north side alice and you're like where's the transition exactly you know yes the last one we have is we have uh josie and kevin singing just to like bring it into this uh, scene here shout out to casey Forgetting to sing a song. Oh, yeah? Proud of him. Can we name any person on, on this cast that can't sing? No. Maybe Cole Sprouse. He hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> oh, wow. Now they're going to... He's going to have to step it up and sing. Otherwise, they're going to show him up. Well, have you heard Cole Sprouse sing before? Uh, no. I have. Would you like a link? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I do. Oh. Some old Is it school... Bad? Like, they used to do these, like, Disney Channel, like, everyone comes together and sings a song. And yeah, they gave course. Dylan and Cole, like, this one solo that just, like, wasn't very good while everyone else was singing really great. Uh, dream is a wish your heart makes Disney Channel stars. Oh, my gosh. Me and my sister and my cousin would watch this over and over and over again. Because we shipped Ali Mashaka and, no, it was Ashley Tisdale and, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Ricky, uh, Ricky Ullman. He played Phil of the Future. Okay. And Ashley Tisdale, who played Sharpay slash Maddie on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. And they were, like, so cute in this music video. We would just watch it over and over again. Because this was, like, I don't know, our first real-life ship or something. 
That's um, adorable, but also can't relate to any of that. <laughs> so there's the link. I have to find them, though. Oh my oh. gosh, it wasn't even Cole singing his solo. It was only Dylan. Why can't I hear it? Cole has never sung before. It's like one minute in, 52 seconds. Oh, in. it won't It won't play with the way my headphones are set up. What the heck? I'll have to play it afterwards. Cole's literally just sitting there during his solo. But is it one minute in? I want to I wanna at least watch it. Oh my god, they're babies. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, he was singing in that one. Wow, I'm having flashbacks to my entire childhood. This was just, like, the fashion of my childhood. Yep. How did I never see this? Oh, I don't know. I watched it a billion times. Yay, yay. Oh, my God. Look at those haircuts. This is what... This is... Wow. Ricky Ullman is wearing black, and Ashley Tisdale's wearing pink, and they have, like, these things where they dance together, and we were like, oh, my gosh. And then Ashley Tisdale's married now, and it's not to Ricky Ullman, and I'm mad. This is so cringeworthy. A dream is a wish you make with your heart. Whatever you... I'm watching it a second time. Okay, I need to shut this down. (laughs) Oh my god. So shout out to Josie and Kevin for singing. Good job. Shout out to Josie in general. Yes, true. And then uh, Cheryl goes downstairs and Penelope is with dot 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 Vic question mark. I guess it has to be, right? Because that's who it looked like. Riverdale loves introducing a character one time and then making them relevant. And you're like, who was that again? I don't know where this storyline is going. Probably nowhere. Probably nowhere. I don't know. They probably just did it for an I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus joke. Exactly. Well, also, it's like Cheryl's storyline is interesting in a different reason right now. Like, why does she have to have another plot line? Um, reasons. Okay. Veronica time? Yes. Dope. Betty's like, Secret Santa limit is $20. And Veronica's like, <laughs> you jest. I have more monies than that. <laughs> I like how, like, when you think about it, like, Archie paid exactly $0 for his Secret Santa because he just found it. But that's that's the smart thing. Exactly. And she's like, oh, this is the present that I got for Archie before we were broken up, but we're still friends and everything. And I'm like, yeah, listen, you you can't be friends for at least a couple months. Well, you can in Riverdale land. I guess. But also, didn't work. Yeah, no, super, super duper didn't so, work. So, whatever. Veronica gets a couple's massage from Josie. <laughs> Hashtag Veronica. And she's like, why don't you just go with Betty or go with your mom? And Reggie said, I will go with your mom. And I'm like, oh, that's the Reggie I know. Reggie's into MILFs, apparently. Probably. I mean, oh, I hate having something in common with Reggie. (laughs) And man, Betty gets the Swiss Family Robinson thing. So let's talk a little bit about that. So it it was a read-along record, so I'm going to do the book rather than the film. It was about a Swiss family shipwrecked in the East Indies en route to Port Jackson, Australia. Yeah. The novel opens with a family in a hold of a sailing ship, weathering a great storm. Shit, okay, I'm not sure how this is relevant. Well, the main girl's name is Elizabeth, so maybe that's a thing. Yeah. I know someone else with that name. Who is it? I don't know, Betty. I also have that name, but it's in the middle of my other names. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is why... It is called the middle name. So there's that. Okay, next. Oh, that's when Moose and Midge show up. Yay! And Reggie is so excited he has to walk on a table. I mean, 
Have you you haven't you ever been so excited that you walk on a table? Absolutely, I have. Yes. Yeah. So I there relate, you go. I relate. So yay, those two are back. Woo! I like that Moose is okay. Moose is the bulletproof bisexual. I love him. Thanks. I want him to continue to live and yeah. prosper and thrive. Yes. And for the Black Hood to leave them the frick alone, please. Thanks. Um, Veronica gives Archie the present. It's a watch. It's engraved. And she's like, uh-oh, did I make it worse? And he's like, no, we're just having a hard time at home. I just, oh, this is such an awkward scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, wow, Ronnie really is super rich and a little bit tone deaf with this one. Yeah. Like, I think Ronnie forgets that not everyone is rich. I'm trying to figure out how I feel about her just paying for it anonymously. Like, we haven't, I, we haven't gotten their reaction to having it be all paid for. Oh, it's not going to be good. And like even Hiram says, Fred is a proud man. And I don't know if it is going to be Fred who's really upset about it. I think Archie's probably the one who's going to be upset about it. Yeah, I think that'll actually cause a lot of conflict between the Andrews and the Lodges. Because yeah. the Lodges kind of steamroll over people. And even if they have, you know, obviously amazing intentions, they didn't ask. I feel like once they learn that, Archie will probably be able to figure out who did it because as far as we can tell, he only told one other person. Yeah, he told one other person and who else would have that much money? So her saying anonymously, it's not really anonymous. No. Yeah. Once she gets home, uh, we talk about Spiffany's. Oh my God. Do you want to talk a little bit about Spiffany's? I don't want to talk about Spiffany's as much as I want to laugh at the idea of Spiffany's. Right. Spiffany's. Spiffany. There's, like, I think, I feel like there needs to be, like, a running list of all of, like, the spoof names Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that they've done on this show because they are getting better and better. And the thing is that, like, I feel like they could probably just say Tiffany's. Like, they could, they could just say all of these things, but they choose not to because they think it's funny. No, they absolutely probably could. Yeah. At this point, especially, they could just start saying them, but now they, they can't. Now it would be like, oh, but we've come this far. We cannot turn back. Hiram calls Hermione Mia Moore. He does that a lot. So he calls her my love, but he never says I love you, question mark? I guess. I guess. Or they just Um, don't say it in front of Ronnie. I guess. But that's weird. He's like, hey, no snooping. Santa hates that. And she's like, I literally don't care about Santa. Also, sucks that we're rich. You know, some people are poor. And they're like, yeah, we know. Ronnie is every millennial. Yeah. <laughs> and and then Hermione calls her a communist. And it's like, wow, giving back his communism now? Yeah. And they're like, listen, we can't really help him. It's a lot of money. And the, the Lodge Charitable Trust has already done all the things it can do. So can we talk about how the Lodges don't even consider like, oh, we could try and do like some kind of fundraiser. Yeah. Or this or this or this. They were just like, oh, yeah, they're going to have to tighten their bootstraps. Veronica should have sold all those red circle shirts instead of just giving them away. I guess. I guess. She calls him Scrooge and then like compares Hiram to Fred. And Hiram's like, gotta go. Hiram's like, um, I can't stand this actual truth. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica gets mad. So she breaks into his study, is looking through his drawers. There's one that's locked. She finds the egg that her mom wanted. I have a question for you. What's in the locked drawer? Uh, that wasn't my question, but that is a question I have. Oh, what's the question? Uh, why would you want an egg? I don't... 
My Nana collected them too. Like she collects like not Fabergé eggs, but glass eggs. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just like people kind of like something to collect. You know, like pe- people collect like Funkos and by people, I mean you. <laughs> so I guess Fabergé eggs is like what rich people collect, you know, like or like cars and stuff. I guess I'd be like worried to have so many things that are so expensive. Yeah, but they're rich, so they don't really care. But it's like someone's going to break in and steal your stuff. That's true. So, I don't know. Uh, But she finds the deed for Pops, and then she's mad. Hey, that's a big yikes. Yep. When did we first discover that they bought Pops? It was the episode where um, they had all went to Pops for a fundraiser. Okay. And Veronica was working there and, like, invited them to come, and they all came, and they were like, lol, we just bought it. Okay, so we've known the whole time, obviously. Yes, yes. I can't believe it took this long for Ronnie to find out, though. Mm-hmm. She is going to make her anonymous donation because she calls herself his business partner. And we learn that uh, Hermione's middle name is Apollonia. Which I want to Google. She has the coolest name ever. A city on Mount Athos, a town. This is Greece. It's most, this is like Greek goddess type of stuff. Okay, well, there's a who, lot of was, Greek stuff going what on. What was Apollonia the goddess of? I don't think she was a goddess. I just think that, like, it's just, like, a lot of cities in Greece are called that. So it's, like, it, but it sure sounds like a Greek goddess name. Yeah. Oh, named after the Greek god Apollo. And Apollo. Apollo Here was the Greek god of light and of the sun and stuff. St. Apollonia of Alexandria. Yeah, it must be of Apollo sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Apollo um, is an important character in Battlestar Galactica. Okay, thanks. Medicine and healing are associated with Apollo. What? That doesn't explain Hermione at all. No. Anyway, they get home and they're like really mad because they're like, hey, turns out someone stole our credit cards. Hmm, who could it be? And so she is just like, well, whatever, because you're going to keep doing it because I figured out that you own Pops now. And it's like... The only person that's going to annoy is her. So I don't know why she thinks that it's leverage for her to, like, tell people that. I mean, but... Oh, yeah. Would people even care that the Lodges own Pops? I don't think so. Like, truly, I don't think they'd care. No, I think they'd be like, well, it's nice that they helped him out. Yeah, like, thanks. Now Pops doesn't have to close. The only reason they were keeping it as a secret was because they knew it would make her mad. And so now she's just like, I'll tell everyone if you don't. And they're like, okay... It's not like Pop cares. No, Pop is like, thanks, sounds great. Yeah, thanks a bunch. Thanks for saving my livelihood. Yeah. So she's like, you've been hiding things from me. And they're like, okay, well, let's not then. And then, you know, big skip over. And then they're like, now you know everything, Veronica. And it's like, well, I don't. Well, the interesting thing is they say she knows everything and she knows that they're not doing anything illegal. Because plausible deniability. Exactly. So... What the hell are they doing then? I don't know. I do not know. Either I'm way, it's like know. a deal. Yeah. So plausible deniability for anybody that doesn't know is basically like if you do something kind of shady, but no one has any proof that you did it since you're like a high standing rich person, you can be like, I didn't do that. And it's like, who are they going to believe? It's basically people saying it's basically Penny being like, yeah, but who's going to believe you? Yeah, because I have proof and you don't. It's people in positions of power, like, abusing those positions. Yes. So they're like, you know everything now. And he hands her, I don't know, whiskey? Scotch? Uh, I'm gonna say scotch. I'm like, why are you giving that to your daughter? Um, because no one remembers that these kids are 16. 
I don't understand this. No one knows. She's saying, here's my thing, though. Fred's bills stay paid for. Good. And, and he's like, listen, that'll just complicate things. Fred's a proud man, blah, blah, blah. And Hermione's like, well, we're going to heck in, figure it out. Okay? Okay, but shout out to Hermione who, like, understood. Hermione is so clever because she knows how to keep everyone calm at all times. Yeah, but also I think she still kind of likes Fred, so. Oh, I like that better. Mm-hmm. I hope Plus, she still likes Fred. That would give Fred a plot line. She says we need Fred for later. I'm like, I don't know what for, but okay. Well, isn't he technically still their business partner? I guess he is, yeah. So if he goes into bankruptcy, that's good for no one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. So then they're like, okay, cool, we have a deal. Next, Veronica gets a present from Archie, and it's a locket with their faces in it. Okay, did anyone else think this was weird? And by anyone, I mean you. I just don't really understand the point of lockets in general, I guess. Yeah, like, I've seen lockets, and I'm just kind of like, okay. Because, like, it's cute, and it's, like, you keep, like, a sentiment, like, sort of, like, right over your heart. But, I don't know, I guess I laughed because it's, like, two teenagers. <laughs> it's two teenagers. Also, like, I cannot get out of my head the vision of Archie, like, with, like, tiny pictures of himself and Veronica in, like, a heart shape. And him just, like, with his giant fingers trying to, like, find yep. a way to, like, maneuver it in there. Yep. Like, he had to print out. These tiny, tiny pictures so he could, like, cut them out with scissors and put them in there. Fun fact, my sister has a locket, and when you open it up, it's just, like, that meme of the cat with the two middle fingers up. That's how you use a locket. <laughs> Callie so. is going places. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's exactly how lockets should be utilized. Yeah, like, I think she said that one time someone was like, was that, a, is that a locket? And she was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, cool. Can I see what's inside? And she was like, yes. <laughs> yes, of course yes, you absolutely can. absolutely you can, yes. Lastly, Veronica has put up mistletoe. She finally says that she loves him, which, okay, talks about how he's such a good person. And somebody's taken creeper pictures of them. Okay, so two questions. Okay. Do you think she actually loves him? I don't know. Well, it's called a conversation, Robin. But, like, whatever. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Yeah, yeah. No more. But, like, you know, um, if she's never said it before, does she know that's what it is? I guess some, I mean, sometimes you just don't know until you say it. She seemed pretty genuine about it, so I think that she at least thinks that she does. But, like, so did they do all of that? Just to have Archie low-key, like... Kiss Betty once. Fall for Betty a little bit. So that it complicates their relationship (sighs) even further. I wonder if they just made them break up so that Varchie and Bughead would both be broken up at the same time at the end of the same episode. Yeah. And then, like, just this little tiny thing with Betty, which, like, literally was nothing except for one kiss and that was it. Yeah. And he didn't even seem that into it. He seemed kind of, I mean, rightfully so, just stunned by it. Yeah. So who's taking pictures of these people? That was my second question for you. So the real uh, Black Hood organization. Well, like, what do they want them for then? Like, who needs these creeper photos of Archie and Veronica kissing? Like, this isn't blackmail. This isn't, like, everyone knows that they do that. So I don't know what they need that for. Sam seems to think it's just to hurt Betty. 
Yeah, I think it's that or someone <laughs> saw the Barchi kiss and was like, okay, so now like you you can prove that like Archie is a sinner too, I guess. Sinner? What do you mean sinner? Just because he's been kissing two girls? Yeah. Oh. So that's good reason for the Black Hood to go after him. Yeah, I guess so. Right? Because there's no heckin' way that Mr. Svensson is the Black Hood. It's just not happening. No. No, we'll totally get to that, but and like, I have, no. Uh, yeah, I have some questions about that in, in yeah. general, but... Jughead time? Um, hell yeah. Okay. Oh, Jughead. Okay, so... Um, the first thing that I noticed was he had stickers on his laptop, and the only ones that I could make out, because they were not in focus, is that mm-hmm. he had one that had an S on it, he had a picture of Shakespeare, and he had a picture of Guy Fox. And he had a couple things that kind of looked like sunshine things, but I don't I don't know what those were. Uh, I didn't even notice them, but you and Jughead have such similar souls. <laughs> he has pictures of Shakespeare on his laptop, and I have pictures of him on my laptop. Um, literally, I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. In case anyone needed any indication of how out of control you are. I have, like, the entirety of the bottom half of my lap, my new laptop is all brooding anti-heroes. It's, how many do I have? Five? Jughead? Maybe four. Jughead, Murphy, Draco, and Steve. And then you know what you have up top? Feminist agendas. Feminist agenda. It's true. It says... Am I right, ladies? Yeah, it's true. It does say... Does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does yeah. say feminist on it. Yeah. Yes, I, it does. I was like, did I move that from my other laptop? Yes, I did. So, Penny is taking control of everything. She's made the serpents drug runners just like she made the ghoulies, I guess. Even though, except... Was she working with the ghoulies? Because she's a serpent. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but also, what did she need the serpents for if she was working with the ghoulies? I... Well, the ghoulies are now all in jail. Only the kids. Really? Right? Oh, no, it's everyone. I'm pretty sure it's everyone. My B. Okay. That's my B. Tall boy shows up at their house and he has, like, bags full of stuff. And he's like, go to school, Jughead. Except Jughead just spends all his time at Riverdale High. So, like, does he even go to Southside High? I don't know. Hey, if Tallboy shows up with a bag of presents and he has a beard, does that mean Tallboy is Santa? Well, we don't know that it's presents just yet. Well, I know that it's presents. Okay. So um, I think yes, then. Cool. Cool. Betty and Jughead exchange presents. It's so interesting to me that they both actually waited until Christmas. Why? Because I, because if if like one of my friends gives me a present, I open it right there. Okay, but other people have patience. And you do have none. No, well, I'm opening it right in front of them because... So they can see my reaction. Isn't that, like, the point of gifts? Um... So you can feel good about it? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I like seeing someone else. I love seeing their reactions to presents and stuff, but I usually almost always wait till Christmas. That's nice. I've already opened a Christmas present this year. You made me tell you what your Christmas present was because you were too impatient to not know. That's because I always tell other people what their Christmas presents are. Yes, because you are an odd little duck. I guess. Robin's like, oh, Christmas? I can't wait for that. Whole month is Christmas. Whole month is Christmas. Jughead says that he's sorry for what went down, I guess. And she's just like, it was my choice, like what I wanted to risk and for who. Which like is totally fair. But also, Betty, what are you doing? But you're making a bad decision. She's making bad decisions, but 
they're her decisions to make, you know? Yeah, like, it's it's a fair thing that she's, to, like, saying and everything, and I respect and agree with that, but also, like, but you're, but, but it's not the right decision. I know, but I feel like, honestly, that must be how parents feel when they see their kids making all the wrong choices, and you're mm. like, I gotta let you make these choices because you won't learn otherwise. What is that thing that Nick Fury says? He says, I recognize like, your, the council's decision, but it was a stupid ass, what was it? Yeah. Stupid ass decision, so I've elected to ignore it. Yeah, but given something. it was a stupid ass. Hey, I got this. Yeah, I got this. Oh, okay, look it up. I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. Mm. So uh, the serpents um, do charity work during Christmas because I love them. They are complex characters. At this point, like my favorite characters are Tony, Sweet Pea, and Fangs. Do I even care about Jughead? No, because he's doing weird things too. No, I like Jughead's gang. Yes, I like his friends. I like yeah. those people. But isn't that always the way? I love you everyone almost... in Jughead's storyline except for Jughead right now. Okay, and like, but think about like any like major character. You always love their crew more. Yes, because I love small characters. Like Archie, eh, but Betty and Ronnie and Jughead. Yes. Yeah. Or like, I mean, a lot of people don't love Harry Potter as much as they love Ron and Hermione. That's totally true. Yep. I've grown to love Harry Potter more than I did. Or, like, think about it. Like, Jack. No one likes Jack on Lost. Well, people like Jack on Lost, but not as much as they like every other character around him. Yes. So you know what the solution to this is? Yeah, my my favorite character is almost never the main character. Yeah. So I have a solution for this. Okay, I would like to hear it, yes. Stop making the main character a white man. Yes. Yeah. So and white then males I, are boring. Yeah. So if it's ladies, like you know who I didn't find boring? Clark. Yeah. Clark Griffin, Wonder Woman, Dana Scully. FP shows up and he's like, "Why aren't you at school?" And Jughead's like, "It was a half day." Yeah. Jughead's like, "Um, I actually have an excuse this time." So he's like, "Hey, do you need help like doing shady things?" And he's like, "Nope." And Tallboy's like, well, we, we kind of do. And Jughead's like, ah, right? And he's like, mmm, Sweet Pea, you're in. Sweet Pea's like, all right. All right. Now is my moment. I love Sweet Pea. Um, oh, do you? My next note was, I love everyone in this bar, which is just like literally, yes. Oh, you literally love everyone in that bar. Yeah, because like that's where they are, right? Just hanging yep. out in the white worm. Yeah, because that's where teenagers hang out. Yeah. Jack Walsh shows up. He is the parole officer. Don't know who that is, like, what if that name is a reference to anything. And uh, he's like, okay, well, my dad's not home. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I'll just walk into your house. I don't care. Yeah, uh, I'm coming in. And it's yeah. like, bro, you don't have a warrant. <laughs> and he's an underage kid. Well, I don't think you have a grounds to stand on here. But if you're a parole officer, don't you just get to come in and check on whenever? To make sure he's not doing any illegal things? Well, yeah, but I don't know if that extends to a space where the kids live, does it? Oh, maybe it does. I think it definitely does. Oh, my B. <laughs> FP comes home and there's just a bunch of bags and he's like, I didn't open them for respect. Yeah. But Walsh did. And it turns out there's just presents in there. And he's like, I was going to give them to our family. I was thinking maybe we could go see them. And I think that's nice. I think that's nice, too. Yeah. But also, like, FP, stay away from your wife. I don't want you falling in love with her again. <sighs> Listen, 
He's already attached to someone else in our minds. Yes. So it's already happened. I'm sorry about it. There's nothing we can do. We've already decided that he belongs with Alice. Yes. Sorry. So he's like talking about Penny saying her favors will get bigger and you're just going to need more and more servants. And FP's like, you know what? Why don't you go live with heckin' Fred again? He- go h- hang out with Archie or go hang out with Betty. And he's like, I can't hang out with Betty. We broke up. <laughs> and he's literally like, what do you want me to say, Jughead? Nothing I say is correct. And it's like, FP, you could take five seconds to be like, dude, it sucks that you broke up with your girlfriend. Dude, Kelly texted me as soon as FP was just like, boy. Do you remember that part? Yeah. He goes, boy. Kelly was just like, wow, that just changed my life. Boy. (laughs) Kelly was like, that was really attractive. And I was like, okay. Um, I thought it was like the most attractive, um, when, frick, what did he do that like literally like was like, I was like, oh. No, I want to know. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, um, hang on. I need to pull up the Netflix real quick. Cause I was like, Ooh, I like the part where like Jughead kept talking to him and he kept being like throwing his hands in the air. I know very dramatically too. He's like, ugh. He's like, I don't know how to help you, Juggy. Nothing is good. I liked the part where he put his <sighs> hand on Jughead's shoulder. I also liked that part. Can I just say Cheryl's tree was kind of ugly. It was kind of ugly. Too much red. No, I liked the red, but the red should have been put on a, like, a white tree. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Because otherwise the red and the green just, like, blend together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, this is just a dark-ass tree. You know what? Kelly and I loved the same moment. It was the part where he said, boy! Yes! (laughs) Boy! 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 I literally texted her as soon as he said it. I just texted... Boy! Yeah, Kelly's good taste can be found on Closer to the number two fine on Twitter. Thank you so much. Boy! Boy! FP says that they're trapped now because they have no leverage and, like, he's about to have a long night, so bye. What? Oh, fire. I wrote fire and I was like, there was a fire? And then it's like, yes, there was a fire. Everyone was standing around it. It was in control. Don't worry. Oh my god. Jughead's about to call in the troops and Sweet Pea's like, listen, are you mad at me because your dad picked me over you because, like, you know, it's not my fault. And Jughead's like, no, that's not why I'm mad. I'm not mad, but also I'm kind of jealous about that. Yeah, still still kind of pissed, but uh, whatever. He's like, we're not the ghoulies. All that's going to come out of this is death and jail. So what we got to do is we got to take out Penny. And I'm like, no, I like her. She's doing terrible like- things, but I, I like her as a character, so leave How her. Is- Juggy, the only person who's been like, hey, we accidentally set, let a lady turn us into drug runners. Right? Like, did no one else notice that? Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, the king was like, let's just be chill about it. And the prince was like, nah-uh. Those are the only two people that could have done something. I don't know. Good point. You're right. You're right. Sweepy points out that she's helped a couple of them, which is a fair point. And he's like, yep. okay, but then what? Like, what sort of things did she get you to do after that? And I'm like, I want to know. Yeah. But they didn't tell us. What did she do for Sweet Pea? It's like, we have to save my dad's life. And they're like, okay, no serpent stands alone. Let's do it. I'm like, I love all of you so much. Also, even even you two random people in the background. Yeah, I love them. part of this, I guess. They're part of the squad now. I guess. Who are you? Give me your names and I'll care. Until you get a name, I don't care. So Penny is packing the drugs or whatever and she's like oh fp are you here early no it's jughead and he has a crowbar 
Everyone shows up with masks, and I'm like, wow, it's the red circle. Be like, wow, thought no one wore masks. <laughs> oh! So everyone's just decided Serpents to throw that one out the window. Masks. Yeah. Y'all. Like, what's up with don't that? wear masks. You are going to freaking die at what I just found on Instagram. Where are you going to send it? I'm going to text it to you. Okay. This is Madchen's Instagram, and I need you to look at the comments. At the comments? Oh, did Skeet say something? Yes, he did. Was it the one of her and Polly and Hal? Nope. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Though he used the dreaded ship name. Phallus? Yep. (sighs) Oh no. Oh, snap! Okay! Oh my god! Oh, come on, Skeet. As if it hasn't already happened this season, I'm sure. Okay, Isn't he married? Though. No, he's not. She's married, but he's not. I mean, I mean, don't I checked. Him, but like, <laughs> Patrick Gunn, Henry, and Cusick literally like tweet about like chaining each other up. So I, right. actors are weird. Yeah, she's married. She's been married since like 1992. And he's been married twice, but he's currently not married. But he's the father of twins. I looked these things up. Holy crap, Robin. That was just like a lot. And. Well, I didn't just, I, I looked it up a couple days ago. And she has two kids as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is great. I'm going to remember this day. Thank you to both of them for supporting us and, and our, um, our trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, they kidnap Penny. <laughs> sure. So they're in Greendale. <laughs> and he's like, listen, this is where you live now. Or just wherever. As long as it's not where I want, where I don't want you to be. Thanks so much. Sorry about it. And she's you know, like, um, in the rules, it, it says you can't hurt another serpent. And he's like, the tattoo isn't what makes you a serpent. And then pulls out a knife and begins to mutilate her arm. Thoughts? Not thrilled about it. Nope, me neither. Um, my main thought is, what? On the one hand, you know, she's a, she's a villain-ish, I guess. Like, she had this... The serpents running drugs, and she really put Juggy and FP in a difficult position. But one, we still don't know what unfinished business she and FP had. Yes. So obviously she's going to come back with a vengeance. Right. Hopefully. And two, don't torture women. The thing that makes me sad the most about this first of all i agree that the tattoo isn't what makes you a serpent like uh, clearly she used to be a serpent and now it's kind of just like now you've you're a little bit of a traitor kind of thing yeah she's not playing ball but also um what the heck um okay but like the thing that bothers me the most about this is that jughead is willing to do this and also that my faves sweet pea tony and fangs are just like cool with it and are down and are just helping out like, this isn't cool. I guess it's, like, because they're doing it for the good of the serpents, you know? Right. So, they've prioritized pack over individual. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, this makes me feel really gross. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, she's gonna, like, that's gonna be a huge problem for Jughead later on. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe... Okay, this is in the next scene here. So mm-hmm. there's this celebratory dinner and... Wow, isn't it weird that Penny wasn't at your pickup? Um, he drove her out and he literally says, she'll be back. And he goes, no, she won't. I was very persuasive. And I'm like, what makes you think that? What makes yeah, you think I mean, she won't be back? 
Wait, like, isn't she going to need revenge? You are literally a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. He's a 16-year-old boy. I don't understand his logic in this at all. I mean, he sliced off, like, part of her arm. If anything, she's not going to be not a problem. She's going to be a huge problem. Yeah, she's going to be even more angry. She's never gonna, no. did she make me think, like, never was she the type of character in my eyes mm-hmm. to be like, oh, you cut me? Now I'm scared. I will never do anything ever again. I'm so sorry. Like, that doesn't seem like the person that we've been given. No. It, it, it seems like that's going to not kick her down. That's just going to make her angrier. Mm-hmm. And it'll make her vendetta against FP also now extend to Jughead. Right. Ugh, this is all bad. Okay, um, he's like, even if she does come back, all of us will take care of it. I'm like, no, the adults will take care of it. Yeah. Dude. And then he says, in unity, there is strength. And FP's like, well, uh, shut the heck up. He's like, listen, I'm proud of my life. I'm proud of who I am. And I'm proud of being a serpent. So let me live my life or whatever. Wait, you've been a serpent for five minutes. See, it's like there's there's two different things that you're arguing here. Okay. He's arguing, please let me just be a serpent and let me live my life. Which is like, mm-hmm. okay. But yeah. he's also arguing, let me help you out with an actual threat when you're a a teen yeah which is not correct because there are other serpents like tony for example who participate in things without being in life-threatening situations yeah so i the thing to me about juggy's devotion to the serpents is that i don't think it rings true like things don't feel very authentic to me right like juggy talks a lot about being devoted to the serpents but considering this is what three or four episode arc overall like, where he joins, the, he's officially in with the serpents, and then he's doing business for the serpents, and then he's out of the serpents. Also, notice how if it was anybody else, he would have been like, oh, that sucks. But because it's his dad, he's just like, come on, everyone, help! But if it was somebody else, he might not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, that that to me is very human. Yeah. Um, the last scene we have uh, in this storyline is he gets Betty's present, and it's a vintage typewriter, and FP's like, present. oh, would you like to go over to the Coopers and say thank you in person or whatever? And he's like, no, I'll probably just call her or text her. And FP's like, oh. That's, um, that's a lot to do on Christmas Day. Well, know? I think they decided not to go to Toledo. I know, but, um, you know, Christmas Day and you're like, oh, let's go over to the Coopers. Right, hmm. right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder wonder what motivated that. Yeah, I wonder if he, like, you know, also wanted to see somebody there, you know? Uh, like another blonde Cooper. Yeah, what was he going to do if, uh, Polly, clearly. like, while they're talking to, well, while Bughead is talking? Yeah, I guess he'd have no choice but to mess like, with Hal and flirt with Alice right in front of him. Just, like, you know, sit sit in the living room and have a good time. Yeah, wow. That would that would really suck for FP. I'm sure he'd hate that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is it's like twice in this episode, FP was just like, "Hey, um, I was thinking maybe I could have an interesting storyline." And Jackhead was like, "Nah." Both times. <laughs> like, please. Where is the lie? <laughs> Here, I, I was wondering if maybe I could do something interesting. Mm. Nah. nah. We'll save nah. that for the uh, episode after break. But thanks. 
Uh, is it Betty and Archie time? Yes. All righty. They're at Pops. They're starting to sell trees. And shout out to Pop for letting them set out set up right outside. What a great guy. Are they going to stay in town for the holidays? Yes, because they were going to go visit his mom in Chicago, but she booked a singles cruise, which is just just a stab in the heart, huh? I kind of thought she and Fred were making progress, but I guess they're just that's just that's officially over. And I love how Fred like answers the phone is just like, "Oh, hey, what's up? Cool, having a good time." I kind of like that they're friends. I think it's kind of cute. Yeah, it's cute because he doesn't even say Merry Christmas, honey. He says Merry Christmas, lady, which is like, it's my favorite quote. It's like, I already tweeted that it was going to be my favorite quote because it's hilarious. He clearly like still adores her, but in a way where it's just like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, I love my ex-wife. It's cool. It's cool. I think it's it's refreshing. It's a refreshing relationship when you look at every other adult relationship on the show. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fred is like, Jughead, you want a tree? And he, like, you know, free tree. And Jughead's what, like, no, it wouldn't fit in our house. And so then they start talking about Kevin's secret Santa thing. What about a little tree? I love how Kevin started a secret Santa. I love Kevin. I love Kevin, too. Kevin doesn't get enough love even though we talk about him all the time. True. Yeah. Shout out to the Kellers. I love them all. The Kellers saved the day. In that Kevin gives us entertainment, and Dad Keller, he really came through this episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot tell you how much I cheered when they did just the perfect rack focus. Yeah. When he, like, pulled... We're not there yet. But when he, like, gun, he pulls it down, rack focus to, like, close up on Tom Keller's face. And I'm like, this is everything I've ever been hoping for. Can you make a gif of that? Sure. Thank you so much. Where do, you, do you want me to just, like, send it to you, or what do you want me to do? Whatever you want. I just want right. it. I gotta, I will find that episode, and I will make that gift for you. So, Betty's having a dream. Polly wakes her up. Shout out to them just being like, hey, girl who plays Polly, can you just, like, come in for, like, one tiny thing and then go back to Once Upon a Time? That's where she is. I love this moment where she comes down, and they're like, look who's here. And Betty goes, Santa? It was so cute. She's like, is it really you? Is is it real? No, it's not. <laughs> no. Um, turns out it's the Black Hood. Uh, my que- I wrote sleeping family question mark, but after seeing like the behind the scenes photo of the three of them, they are not sleeping. They were supposed to be dead. We just couldn't see it. Oh, I thought they were, they really looked like they were sleeping. I know, but like Madchen, I think it was, who posted a uh, behind the scenes photo and like there was some blood. I wonder if they edited out the blood in post because it really didn't look like they were sleeping at all. Or it looked like, they, well, you know, sometimes. Looking this up. I just got a little confused. Yeah, I want to see it. There it is. Okay. It's the one right before the one you, that... Should I just go to her Instagram? Yeah, it's the one right before the one that you sent me. Oh, wow. That was definitely edited out. Yeah. D- I don't know. I didn't see that. No, this is not... At least in the Netflix version that I watched, there's no blood. I don't I don't remember seeing that, so I don't know. No. Hmm. All right. Okay. Okay. Do you want to hear one of my favorite moments of this episode? It's uh, it's Archie again talking to his dad and being a moron. He goes, There's nothing I love better than moron Archie. He walks downstairs and he goes, oh, dad, uh, what's that? Is it a letter from the Black Hood? I mean, like, don't you think your dad would, like, tell you if it was a letter from the Black Hood? Like, this is the same thing where he was just like, 
Sheriff Keller, um, we noticed that there weren't any files. Were they stolen? Listen, teenagers are really good at jumping to conclusions. And then uh, Fred tells him that it's the hospital and he owes $86,000. And Archie's like, dollars? Okay, I'm Archie and Archie is me. Kelly texted me after this and she was just like, no, gold doubloons. What do you think? (laughs) Yes, dollars. America, your system is broken. (laughs) $86,000, this happens to people. It's true. This happens to cancer patients. Like, if someone gets diagnosed with cancer, they will sell their house to someone for a dollar so that the bank can't come and take their house from them. Mm -hmm. Cancer bankrupts people in the United States. Yeah. What the frack? Fred was shot. That's not his fault. Nope. But he gets stuck with the $86,000 medical bill? Not today, Satan. No one chooses to do that. No, I don't. Yeah, like I super didn't choose to get shot by some hooded jerk. Yep. After the Secret Santa thing, Archie leaves because he doesn't like seeing Moose, which is sad that he's now triggered by one of his friends. But also, Archie voluntarily went and saw Moose like two days ago. That's true. (laughs) Oh my gosh, he was like, me and Reggie are taking Moose to physical therapy. Yeah. So like shows up at physical therapy and he's like, ah! Triggered. There's a new janitor. And they're like, yikes, okay. So they go and talk to Doris. Hey, but like, can we talk about that new janitor's beard and how it looked weirdly fake? Um, uh, sure. Did you want to say anything else about it? Nope, that was just it. Great. Thanks. Um, so this is Doris. Uh, don't know where her name <laughs> name came from either, but she's like, oh no, he has a cold. It's too bad. He sounded really bad on the phone, which I have many phone thoughts. You have phone thoughts. Well, when we finally met the Black Hood in this episode, he was finally there. He spoke like he did on the phone. Me, this entire time, thinking that he was using a voice changer. Bro. And he, like, actually talks like that. Yeah, um, unless the janitor had a speakerphone for a phone in his pocket, and that's who was speaking. Huh. Yeah. Because it's like, no one can do that to their voice. That's ridiculous. Yeah, well... Yeah, because even when they answer the phone, like, Mr. Svensson talks, and then the Black Hood talks. I have thoughts about how how this definitely isn't Svensson and... Hundo. And how that happened. Um, Hundo. So once we get there, I want to talk about that. Yes. Um, but either way, Doris left soup on his, on his uh, porch, and she's talking about how he gets depressed mm-hmm. in the, during the holiday time, which is a thing. It's seasonal depression. Yeah. I have that. Hello. And uh, because he has no family to talk to. I haven't slept in months. Archie is cutting a tree and Betty is like, hey, we should go to the house. And he's like, okay. And it's like, (sighs) I guess. (laughs) So they've got this Dutch angle thing going on and they switch sides and it's really cool. Yeah. The cinematography in this episode, I actually noticed a couple times. They tried a couple different styles. Mm Mm-hmm. Because um, when they went to the trailer with Jughead and FP, it switched to a handheld the entire time. Even the, like, wide shots were on a handheld. Which I was used to seeing on shows like Battlestar, which they shot to be sort of like it's, like, a mockumentary. They do that in Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you never know who they're talking to, but it's, like, a handheld kind of style. So, like, whoever directed this episode did a really good job. And, like, I'm sure they have an on-set cinematographer at all times, but... 
What a creative, wonderful person. I think that's interesting because uh, people like to, were they like always in the Joneses' house they were doing handheld? Um, I'm not sure. Or just when they were arguing, because like arguing is a really good thing to do handheld for. Oh, when they started the whole scene with Juggy sitting and waiting for FP, it was already handheld because mm. I remember looking at it and going, oh, the camera's moving. Well, like if I want to make sense of that, then maybe it's like because they're having such a hard time agreeing with each other and stuff. And then maybe, I don't know, because I wasn't watching for this, but like once they finally like made up at the end there, once he like put his hand on his shoulder, maybe that became sort of like tripod or something. Yeah, I think it was meant to like give us a little bit of like tension and to yeah. shake the audience up a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, it was very well done. Mm-hmm. Once they get to the house, they notice that the soup is still on the on the porch and Betty has earmuffs. What? None of that snow was real. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it wasn't snowing in Van. So. Um, but also, I just like feel passionately that earmuffs and no jacket is not like, or earmuffs and like a light jacket just doesn't make sense. (laughs) Honestly, earmuffs to me don't really make sense. You know what? Headbands are better. And toques. Yeah, like a hat, I get. And like, I understand earmuffs and stuff. It's just like, you're voluntarily putting something on your ears that'll block your hearing. And you're going into a (laughs) house where maybe a murderer has been. Hmm. I mean, I know it's called fashion, look it up, but girl, put a beanie on. Exactly. Beanie. That's what they call it in America. We call them beanies too, but beanies are different from toques. Yeah. Beanies are very different from toques. Toques have a whole different style. Toques are winter hats. Beanies are beanies. Yeah. Yes. And one has a bobble on it and one doesn't. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Robin and Brittany speak Canadian. (laughs) Join our class. They're like, it's French and it's like... It's Canadian. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Alice is making cookies. Okay, Alice was so happy sure. in this scene. Let's discuss. Yeah, yeah. I love What's it. up with happy Alice? Do you think she's trying to distract herself from something? Yes, I think she stress bakes. Mm, okay, okay. I think that's the sweetest thing I've ever seen. She's, you see how, like, perfectly she frosted those? Yes, she tried so hard. Yeah, because she really wanted Penny to come, and she knew Penny wasn't coming, so Polly. she just baked and baked and baked. Polly. Why did I say Penny? I don't know, because Penny's another character. I get it. You know what? I was just thinking about, yeah. 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 Also, what's up with all the blonde chicks named Penny? Truth. Truth. Am I right, ladies? Yes. Are anyway. you thinking Lost? Uh, yeah. Because I'm thinking Lost yep. and Big Bang Theory. Yep. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yep. The one outlier, Penny from Happy Endings. Mm, the, yep. The ultimate penny, though. She's yeah. the ultimate penny. <laughs> Polly's favorite is gingerbread, which can't relate. Why is my running segment on this podcast getting all the character names wrong, even though I know all of their names? <laughs> I hate me. Do you like gingerbread? I love gingerbread. Really? Of course. I like ginger snaps, but I don't like gingerbread. Yeah, I like gingerbread. I like ginger snaps. I don't like actual ginger. Listen, actually, I'm a hypocrite. Because gingerbread is my favorite Starbucks flavor. Yeah, you had a gingerbread thing like last week and you drank it while we were on FaceTime. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, you did. Amazing how you lied. But yeah, gingerbread's my favorite. And I don't drink coffee, so I get it with steamed milk. And it's basically Mm -hmm. just like, you know, the best thing ever. And people 
at my college, like when I was still going to college, like didn't realize that they kept the Christmas flavors until they ran out. So I would like have gingerbread for like three quarters of the year until it ran out because no one else used it. You're an evil genius. I know. And you're a Slytherin, so you didn't tell anyone. Oh, of course not. No. And so I would yeah. go up and I'd say, do you still have gingerbread? And they'd go, yes. <laughs> and I'd You'd go, be like, Bam. it's April. I want my gingerbread, please. At one point, one of the girls was just like, okay, this is the last gingerbread that you're getting this year. And I was like, uh. Why? Because, yeah. because they ran out. And they're like, we're not getting any more until December. Or November, they, or whenever Christmas flavors. Did come they out. like how weird and quirky you were? Yeah, they sometimes they would just have it like put in before I got to the front. Oh my god, that's adorable. That's I always wanted the same thing. Shout out to Starbucks. Yeah. Um, uh, hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. But if you want to, yeah, I have Hit a couple up. recommendations that I need to if if I were supposed to. Either way, there's there was a gift on the steps, and uh, it's a finger. That's nice. That's nice. Yay. That's not nice. And I figured, you know, if they, if, if it wasn't like, if, if she hadn't been told that it was his finger, they could have just fingerprinted it. But um, but also, hello, can we talk about Alice's character development here? She did not open that package. I know. Can you imagine? She, she's probably freaking out because she like brought it all the way upstairs. I bet you Betty didn't even tell her. I think about it. The next shot was her telling Archie. Oh, See, I'm sitting here thinking she immediately called Keller, but I guess not. No, we didn't see Keller or any of that. So Keller, like, <laughs> Keller uncovers the black hood. And then he looks down at his hand and he's like, wait, what? How <laughs> and they're like, shoot oh, right, yeah. We forgot to tell you about this part. <laughs> How was he going to shoot the gun? I have a question. I probably don't have an answer. If the black hood is off with Svensson somewhere... <laughs> or Conway, or whatever. How does he know when Betty has opened the package? Like, what if he called He's her and she her. was like, hello? And he was like, hello, I assume you've gotten the package. And she's like, what package? And he's like, oh, I'll call back later. Like, <laughs> Clearly, he was parked across the street and, like, watching the house. With Svensson? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So then he's like, okay, there's one more mystery. Here we go. So he calls and he's got different voices. If it is, bo- if they're both Svensson, which I do not think they are, Archie begins to talk on the phone and he immediately hangs up. Thoughts? Archie, what the frack? <laughs> Archie, you you knew that he wasn't going to talk to you. Archie's just like, I am angry. Here I go. Okay, but also kind of relatable if you think about it. Yeah. Because... Whenever someone's on the phone and I know the person on the other end, I'm always dying to, like, say something. Right, right, right. Right, right. right. No, no, so they're okay. like, but what sin has he caused? Or has he has he committed or whatever? Let's go talk to the sisters, which is who he hung out with for a while. So they go to the sisters of quiet mercy. And they're like, oh, he was a troubled child. And she's like, oh, did he have survivor's guilt? Which is a true. That's probably a good one. Yeah, I 100% like, would. Oh, I've already said too much. And her name is Sister Woodhouse. So... All that I could find on the last name Woodhouse was um, the lead character of a Jane Austen novel called Emma. Her name was Emma Woodhouse, so I'm wondering if maybe that was a thing. Me, not an intellectual. Yeah, that's like a character from Archer. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Me, Jane Austen, you, 
FX's Archer. <laughs> um, Betty decides that she's going to blackmail the the lady because hey. sure, why not? Hey, I have a major freaking quibble with this. Okay, okay. These women are torturing the people there. And Betty decides, I'm not going to tell anyone about this if you tell me this one thing. That's true. If you if you know, go to the police and be like, these evil nuns are torturing people. Why is no one saying anything? I wonder if Betty, dark Betty, was like keeping it because she knew she was going to have to use it one day. But still, her mom no. and her sister have both been kept here. Yeah, and no one says a thing. Right. What's up with that? It turns out that he gave them the wrong person, and so the wrong person died. He was executed by a group of men and one woman who had white hair except one red stripe. Which, I did not think that that was, like, a thing that Nana Rose always had. I assumed that she always had red hair, and then she went old, and then she got that one died. Yeah. (laughs) But, okay. She's, like, a rogue from X-Men. The writers were just like, okay, we want it to be Nana Rose, but what what even is a defining characteristic of Nana Rose? We forgot to develop Nana Rose. Oops. All we know is she has gypsy blood. They show up to Cheryl's house, and they're like, hey, we came to see your grandma. Which, like, is apparently not a weird thing to say. And she's like, oh! But to be fair, they're talking to the weirdest woman on the <laughs> yeah, planet. that's true. But she's like, hey, my, well, that's so nice. Nana never gets visitors, so she'll be really happy. Doesn't seem super happy. Cheryl's just like, yeah, this is, um, this is what people would do. This is what normal people do, right? So While they're like... imitates a human. Nana Rose, you helped these people murder this guy, right? And Cheryl's like, um, what the heck? I invited you in for this, but okay. You come into my house, accuse my Nana Rose of murder. <laughs> Archie's like, there's a man's life at stake. And she's like, all right. But she's like, no, I didn't help because there's no girls allowed. So they made me stay home. She's like, okay, well, where did they hang him? And she's like, no, he was buried alive. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Like, um, okay. Well, it's where? Chill. She still thinks she's Polly, which is consistent. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, turns out that her grandfather was there, which to clarify is not the person who was related to the Blossoms because that was her great grandfather. Okay. Unless it was Hal's great grandfather. Either way, they just kept calling them great, great grandpappy. Yeah. So not sure, but either way, it, it, it wouldn't have been her grandfather. Just to clarify. Okay. They had a a picture, uh, something about the devil's hands. Either way, now her grandma feels ill, and so she wants to go to her room. And Cheryl says, your reindeer games are over, which is an awesome line, and I loved it. Cheryl has a quip, like a a themed quip for everything, much in the same vein that Ronnie does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I respect that, and I want to get on their level. (laughs) Her grandfather's name was Louis, and um, they sold all his stuff except for his pictures, which are at her own house. And um, she's like, maybe I was picked because my grandfather did this thing. Uh, then they hold hands and he's like, by tonight it'll all be over. And then and then they kiss. Well, Betty kisses Archie, to clarify. How do you feel about this? Okay, whatever. <laughs> Those two can do whatever they want. Yeah, like I saw it and I was like, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people were waiting a long time for it. So I'm actually really happy for all the Barchi shippers right. who kind of had to suffer through that not happening. Right. So I think it's really cool for them. I personally am just like, oh, okay, like, 
the show at some point was going to explore Benny and Archie. So, you know, why not do it now? But then that makes me think that they might explore Veronica and Jughead, which I just don't think is. Oh, no, thank you. That's just, they're just not compatible at all. Let's explore Veronica and exploring her bisexual side. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Sure. Cool. And uh, then they drive away and Cheryl is in the window watching. Um, Is this an important thing or was that just kind of whatever? Like Cheryl, of course it is. Cheryl, like blackmail. Hello. Cheryl's going to use that, I guess. But also maybe um, the Black Hood was watching them and Cheryl at the same time. Mm, Maybe. You know. They find the picture and uh, I guess Hal has always said that it was after they had planted trees. Do you think this is another secret that Hal has been keeping? Uh, what do you mean? Like, last time Hal was just like, okay, you know, you got it out of me. Turns out we're related to the Blossoms. Okay. And it, and she said, dad said that it was after they planted trees. No, I think that was something Hal was told. Hal was told, okay. Yeah. Just like as a kid, because they were young. Just because I don't feel like they've efficiently been setting up Hal. Like, he's been far too much in the background. Right. And maybe that'll change, yeah. but for right now, I don't know. Mostly just been talking about him rather than him doing actual things. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're like, okay, we'll call Keller once we get there. Cool. Or like on the way there. The weird part is that like there's already a mound of dirt there and shovels. Uh, and there's and also like, a oh. tombstone that says something there. Immediately, this is like, turn around and go home. Hey, what does the tombstone say? It says, uh, Joseph, Con- here lies Joseph Conway Sinner, if I remember correctly. Oh, all right. So they're like, we have to save him because they assume he's been buried alive. So they start to dig. They find the coffin. Turns out it's empty. And Bro. I have a, I have a question. I, f- I don't know how relevant what? this is, but like, what? if once Archie gets in there, there's dirt that starts to come through like the slats in the wood. Yeah. And so if that was actually buried, because, like, they just cut to, oh, it's unearthed now, right? Because we don't want to watch them all dig it out. But, like, if they had actually unearthed it, wouldn't there be more dirt dirt? inside? Listen, you're worrying too much about completely avoidable details. I know. (laughs) Um, Okay, bro, bro, bro. What? This is my deepest fear, bro. Yeah, I know, bro. It's it's real bad. Here's why it's my deepest fear. I know you care. Yes. There was an episode of CSI called Grave Danger uh-huh. that was directed by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Where one of their team members was kidnapped and held in a glass box that was then buried so he could look all around him and it was like lit from the inside oh. so he could see that he was buried alive. Ugh. And then there was a camera and a timer for when he was going to run out of oxygen. And basically, like, the CSI, like, investigators had to find Nick before his oxygen ran it, rang out. And for some reason, that, like, was the start of, like, my biggest fear in the entire world, which is being buried alive. Oh, my gosh. They even did it on Misfits, and that scared the crap out of mm-hmm. me. They did it in Torchwood. Wow, both those characters were immortal and were buried alive. <laughs> But yeah, no, so that's my biggest fear. All right. I, I, I would not be able to handle this. Once they realize that it's empty, Betty says, what if it's a... And it's like, trap. <laughs> it's a trap! And then the it Star turns Wars out trap. the Black Hood is right there. He has the gun and he talks in the, his lo- super low voice. Uh, Archie, get in the coffin. Archie's like, mm, pass. And he's no, like, you. please get in the coffin. Archie's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks yeah, for yeah, using yeah. your manners. 
Yeah, since you said it nicely. Yeah. So now Betty has to close it and start putting the dirt back on top of him. The part that annoyed me and that kind of took me out of this moment was kind of just like, dude, throw the dirt on like where his legs are first. Why are you throwing the dirt right where his face is? Oh, yeah, you're right. I was like, please, you're like, I don't know. Um, You're right. Also, big question. Where's the real body? Oh, that's gross. Where did that go? I mean, I'm guessing that the Black Hood probably made Conway dig it up as punishment. Right. Because I don't think he's, obviously, I don't think he's the real Black Hood. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was coerced into doing this. So, yeah, I think maybe as punishment. Yeah. That's my theory and I'm sticking to it. Okay. See, I'm wondering if, because I like this theory that he maybe has a voice recorder. Because Mm -hmm. he never answers anything Betty's saying. He just gives her direction. Yeah. So. I think that someone, he's either got his phone in his pocket and it's someone like, you know, on speakerphone. Right. Or it's pre-recorded or something, but just something seems super off about all of this. How do you think he got, see, when I was first watching, my theory was that it was the Black Hood at first and it was the Black Hood who got hit with the shovel. And then like he sent Svensson out onto the bridge in the same clothes. I mean, that's possible too. Yeah, that's totally possible. But now I like this idea about the voice recorder because no one actually sounds like that. Yeah. So so if it was a voice recorder, how did he coerce Svensson into having a gun on Betty and Archie? The, I mean, I don't know how much more of Svensson will be revealed slash how much more he'll matter now that he's dead. I'm sad. But I told you he was cannon fodder. I know. But I do think there must be something that they're talking about. Like maybe Svensson has a daughter somewhere. Mm. Or a son or, you know, some some kind of connection that the Black Hood is using to exploit. Mm-hmm. Or the Black Hood said, if you don't do this, you'll die. Right. So it was either Betty and Archie or it was Svensson. And Svensson was like, I don't want to die. See, and Svensson kind of strikes me as the kind of guy to be like, no, I'd never do that. Just kill me. He strikes me as that too, but I'm trying to come up with ways yeah. that this theory could work. And I think that's maybe one of the only ways. Right. Um, I don't know. So the police, we hear the police and Betty pulls a Rapunzel and hits him in the face with a metal object. That was badass. It was awesome. Okay, here's the part that annoyed me though, is it's just like, continue hitting him. Until he's unconscious. Archie's fine right now. You didn't put and very also, much dirt on top of him. Yo, sorry, but if you take a blow to the head from a shovel, you're not getting up real quick. Yeah. Like, that's that's gonna leave a mark. Hit him a couple more times until he's totally out, and you can walk away with, from him. Or, like, you know, kill him. <laughs> I don't know. Archie is okay right now. So either way, they get out. Archie grabs the gun. They run over to the bridge. Is he planning on jumping? I don't know. Either way, he gets shot by Keller instead of Archie. And he's dead, and it's Svensson, and he has no finger. And they actually believe it was Svensson. I don't know. I truly do not believe it's Svensson. No, I think no that way. Archie's memory, once again, is going to come into play. But I don't think it's Svensson. Be- mostly because we're only halfway through the season. Because Archie was even just like, I didn't see it. That's weird. And it's like, because yeah. it wasn't, because it's just not Because it wasn't him, genius. It looked like it could have been. But like, I mean, 
realistically, we're only halfway through the season. This mystery is not Exactly. Solved. And also, like, that so, article that I read that said they don't know who the actual Black Hood is. Exactly. So it was like, oh. And, so like, why would they do it? Lie. Like, it's got to be someone that we already know. Yep. It's. I, I truly think it's pointing more and more towards maybe Hal. Yeah. And they're going to set that up with the return of uh, the, the lost Cooper son. Yes. I don't know. I think there will be more Hal involvement. But, yeah, I super don't think we're done with this. Right. So they go to Pops. Keller's having a chat with Hal and Fred in the background. Archie's talking about how Veronica was right. Um, And they're trying to figure out why he did it. Betty has a pretty good theory about how, like, since he committed such a big sin, he thought he could balance the scales. That's a good one. That's a good theory. They're like, well, it makes sense because he could have seen Archie and Grundy and he could have seen Moose and Midge and stuff. But my big question still is, how would Svensson know about Betty reading that Nancy Drew book. Yep. How would Spenson have all of that intimate information? How would Spenson even have her number? Or is that, or was that proven to be a different person? I truly believe it's either an organization or there's multiple Black Hoods. Okay. I think so too. There's nothing else fits properly. What if Spenson was one of the Black Hoods? He could have been. I don't know. I don't, but I don't I mean, know if he'd want to torture the kids like that because he seemed to really care about them. Yeah. And I don't know if he'd want to do that considering, like, he himself had such a traumatic childhood with someone who also thought they were righteous. Yes. So. The present that Betty got from Jughead was a signed first edition of Beloved by Toni Morrison. I think it's funny, first of all, that her name is Toni. <laughs> and I want to take a look at the... It's a signed first edition. Wow. Where did he get that? Um, eBay. eBay. Uh, 1987 novel by the American writer Toni Morrison set after the Civil American Civil War. It inspired the story of blah, okay, blah, 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 blah. Okay, but what's it about? In the novel, the protagonist is also a slave who escapes slavery running to Cincinnati, Ohio. After 28 days of freedom, a posse arrives to retrieve her and her children under the Fugitive Slave Act which gave slave owners the right to pursue slaves across state borders. She kills her two-year-old daughter rather than allow her to be recaptured and taken back to Sweet Home, the Kentucky plantation from which they recently fled. A woman presumed to be her daughter called Beloved returns years later to haunt her home at 124 Bluestone Road, Cincinnati, Ohio. The story opens with an introduction to the ghost. Okay. It won a Pulitzer. This is crazy. And was a finalist for the National Book Award. Okay. Oh, it was adapted in 1998 into a movie of the same name starring Oprah Winfrey. Awesome. Okay. Slavery, bad. Oprah, good. Dope. All right. So lastly, um, Mary's on the phone and they're like, hey, what's up? What's the, how's the Bahamas? That's it. Oprah's like, thanks guys. Oh, wait. (laughs) Then Betty decides to burn all of her black black hood evidence because she thinks it's over. Does Betty not know that for file keeping purposes, you should keep all things for seven years before disposing of them? Give them to Keller and let him do the work. Yeah. Do not burn. That's almost, it's almost like Betty is not a real detective and is in fact just a teenager. (laughs) So. I don't know, man. I don't know. She's going to burn the hood and then decides not to. I'm not sure what this means. I mean, Jackie's voiceover says she doesn't think it's over, but I think, like, also we're meant to kind of be like, ooh, is Betty going to take up the Black Hood's mental? And it's like, no. I don't uh, think so. I don't even know, really. 
Girl, I don't know anymore. I don't know either. Overall, this episode was okay, but not like a mid-season finale. Not to last me. Like, episode. Last episode was no. better than this episode. I truly feel like every episode of this season so far has been like a hit. Yes. Like hit, 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 hit. And then this one was just kind of like... Okay. Like crazy stuff happened. My heart was going crazy, but by the end it was like, ah. I think because the Black Hood reaction was supposed to be like the fake out, but it wasn't big enough for the fake out to be like shocking. Yeah, I wish they had brought in Svensson at the right at the beginning of the season. Rather than just two episodes ago. Yeah, and really built his character up more. Because low-key, Svensson was always a little bit creepy. Yeah. So it was so kind you kinda, of... So you kind of, on yeah. one hand, kind of... You kind of expect it. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Like, if Svensson had been more likable or, like, more kind, like, comics Svensson, it would have been more of a plot twist. Because... Yeah. Even though we hardly knew the guy who ended up being the Sugar Man, we... we saw him as someone respectable and someone good. Yeah. So that's why it was more of a plot twist than this was. Exactly. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, segment time? Yes. Uh, my first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, yes, always yes. Why not? Sure. And my segment is, did Jughead eat a burger? No. Uh, he was at Pops. Don't know what he was yeah. eating, though. Maybe we I just don't... weren't paying yeah. attention, but. Yeah. Uh, my next segment is called, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? Well, not really. FP said something about visiting the Coopers, but that's it. But we still believe. But we still believe. Uh, now it's time for our best line award. So my best line award goes to Fred for... Hey there. Merry Christmas, lady. How are the Bahamas? Remember Christ our Savior. Mm. <laughs> as soon as he said it, I laughed out loud and I was like, there it is. There's my best line award. Okay. And uh, my audible mention goes to Archie Fort. What is that? Is that a letter from the Black Hood? He's I like so that dramatic. like all of our best line awards are context jokes lately. Yeah. <laughs> like out of context, they're just the weirdest lines. Yeah, yeah. And my best line award goes to uh, <clears throat> Hermione. I mean, I knew who it went to, but I tripped right over my words. And my best line award goes to Hermione for Hiram, is that a Spiffany's bag I saw coming through the lobby earlier today? Looked about the right size for a Glamour J egg. Spiffany's and a glam. What is it? A glamour J egg. Yep. I just I'm tickled pink by that. Um. Now it's time for our trailer reaction. Wednesday, January seventeenth. Oh, that's a long time. It is a long time, and we have that's a whole some month words to say about it before we leave here. Okay, there is the link. Ready? Yes. Three, two, one, play. Okay. Effective immediately. Southside High School. Wow, Betty's really doing these bejeweled Peter Pan collars lately, hey? Oh, Ronnie's got one on too. I love my children that now go to Riverdale High. Oh, Oh, crying Alice! No! Hiram and RG having a race? I want to see him, Betty. I want to see him, Betty! What's going on? Oh, it's here! There's so much Alice in this trailer. Thank you so much to the Lords of Cobalt. He's here? He exists and he's here. This is not, this is a longer one than I saw last, uh, last night. So the trick with the CW is that, um, after the East coast airing, they will air a shorter trailer. And then after the West coast airing, it will be 10 seconds longer and usually contain something more spoilery. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 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 For anyone looking to get their, the most trailer experience, always wait for the East coast trailer. I'm watching this again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just see if I can catch anything else. Okay, who's here? Okay, the gang is here and then some other randoms. Okay. 
I'm just doing a lot of pausing at this point. New episodes. Take off your jacket or you're suspended. No, he won't because Jughead Why is really proud Archie of- Why are and Hiram taking a jog in the woods? Crying Alice. Winking Veronica. Josie has a <laughs> snow cone. And the sign behind her says Pickens something B-A-K. Which is like bake sale. Pickens Park. But says D- Don't know. Okay. Wait, wait what timestamp is that at? Uh, 14 seconds. Oh, okay. Archie and Hiram are having some kind of... This looks like the woods that we went in and, like, Yeah, explored. this is definitely, like, North Van. Oh, this is funny. It's either North Van or it's over by, um, UBC. Who's he fight? Who's Jughead fighting with? Is that Reggie? I think it's Reggie. Oh, Sweepy and Fangs are coming in to defend him! Thank you, angels! And Tony's in the background watching. Reggie's talking to Veronica. She goes to see Chip. He's my son. Okay. Literally, as soon as she said, I want to see him, Betty, I was just like, eh, me? Oh, my no. God. Because I'm trash. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. You mean she wants to see she and FP's son? Right? <laughs> he does not look like Hal. I will forever be convinced of this. I swear, if they're like, it's Hal's kid, I'll be like, uh, no. Be like, that's not right. Absolutely not. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We'll be talking about season five next year. And the trailer at, you know, some point. Some point. <laughs> we also have a Lost podcast, so if you're into that show, you should definitely check that out, because it is Robin's baby and her pride joy and her child. If you're missing us within this uh, one-month hiatus, that's where you should go. Yeah. We'll yeah. be we'll be being dumb and um, making bad jokes we are so but close to finishing show. season one. You could binge all of season one and then listen to our podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, and YouTube soon. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. And you can donate to our Patreon if you're so inclined at patreon.com slash the All the money goes right back into the podcast, so we'd really love your help. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Abertania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And I tried to change my Instagram handle to that so that everything would match, but someone already had it. How rude. Who's impersonating me? The next episode is called uh, The Blackboard Jungle. It's episode 210. The Blackboard Jungle is... Checks notes. A 1955 <laughs> social commentary film about teachers in an interracial school. So, okay, not a horror film, but that's pretty that's on fine. the nose. Yeah. Here's a thing about next episode it'll air, and then we have an entire weekend of Unity Days happening. Um, so that. Which is the 100th convention. Then we'll be able to record together in the same room on, I think we said Monday, and then Tuesday is when I'm gonna try and get the episode up. So it'll be a little late, but it'll it'll go up. It'll, it'll happen. It'll be worth it. Yes. And I'm assuming, like, Sam will just be there, so. Right, Sam will yeah, be there. Yeah. <laughs> and to everyone, happy holidays, and if you celebrate it, Merry Christmas, Merry Merry Christmas, and happy holiday, and happy new year. Okay, love you, bye. Yeah. Woohoo. Bye. Bye.